Welcome back to the Prophetic Collective, a podcast that is all about living a prophetic life wherever God has placed you. Thanks for joining us on our brand new Spiritual Practices Collection, where we, as a prophetic community, learn about a number of ancient spiritual practices that will deepen your intimacy with Jesus. Thanks to everyone who has rated and reviewed this podcast. It helps us to reach more people and equip them to live life confidently, hearing God's voice for themselves in their ordinary, everyday lives. Make sure you share these episodes on social media using the hashtag Prophetic Collective and tagging at Stacey Hillier so we can connect in prophetic community. Enjoy today's episode of the Prophetic Collective. Well, you heard it here first. Today is the day. Today is the debut of the brand new collection on spiritual practices, a focus for the next five weeks. But before we jump into that, I want to thank each and every one of you who have come back for season two of the Prophetic Collective, who are sharing it with your friends, who are rating and reviewing the podcast on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This helps us to spread the content even further so that more people can fall in love with Jesus and know that their life is purposed to be the prophetic life. This is for every believer to live in the reality of hearing God's voice and God speaking through them to others. It's incredible. And so today we do start this focus on spiritual practices. And these are treasures from our church history. I haven't come up with these practices myself. They're ancient practices used for hundreds of years that I'm going to put my slant on and teach to you. And each of these practices that I'm teaching isn't just something I've read about. These are things that I incorporate into my spiritual life. And as a prophet or as a prophetic ministry, I've got to tell you, I haven't found more depths in Christ in any other way than in slowing down to be still and to observe some of these practices that our spiritual mothers and fathers, particularly the desert fathers and mothers, have practiced before us. And we're starting today with a real doozy. It's an oldie for sure, but it's an oldie and a goodie. Today, I'm going to be teaching on Lectio Divina. And then after I teach on what Lectio Divina is, we're going to provide on here a Lectio Divina track with an instrumental soundtrack of Numa Worship's Resurrection EP, which you can get from wherever you get your good music downloads. That's Numa Worship, N-E-U-M-A. The EP is called Resurrection, brackets come alive. And this was an instrumental album that we released at Easter 2022 at my home church, Numa Church. I had the privilege of co-producing and working on these tracks with my wonderful friend and esteemed colleague, Joel Field. And what we did with these tracks was we did Lectio Divina for the whole church on the five days across Easter Wednesday up to Good Friday, Easter Saturday, and then Resurrection Sunday. So after teaching on Lectio Divina today, we're going to drop one of those tracks with a Lectio Divina practice focused on Easter in there for you 
so you can try this practice out, see what it's like before you try going after it yourself. So let's get to it. When it comes to a focus as prophetic people on being with Jesus before we do for Jesus and learning from the rich treasures treasures of church history, Lectio Divina is one of the greatest way to access these riches. Lectio Divina is Latin for holy or sacred reading, and it's a practice that helps us to incorporate silence and stillness into our spiritual practices at the same time helping us to break ties and rewire neural pathways away from speed, away from mass consumption of God's word as an external text to be controlled. It's a move away from hurry and production to a lifestyle of knowing God because we know how to be still. I love what my friend Steve McCracken says. He says, we need to be careful not to try to speak for God or represent God without representing his heart. And when we are still and we know God, then we know what his voice would sound like. And I'm, of course, referring to Psalm 4610, which says, be still and know that I am God. And implied in this scripture is the reality that we cannot know God intimately without learning to be still. Now, I don't know about you, but I know a lot of prophetic people who are very driven. They love to be running from one thing to the next, from one thing to the next. And so this could be for you if you are like that, and God wired you that way, a real discipline that you look to incorporate into your personal worship and word life like it has been for me. I'm not a person who naturally likes to sit still. I love to be doing, doing, doing. I'm quite a driven and goal-focused person. But I am telling you, this was hard to learn. These practices were hard to learn and hard when I first started using them. But I believe that's because they have held for me the richest treasures I could ever discover and they have changed my prophetic ministry. They have changed my ability to hear from God and to speak on his behalf. Lectio Divina is simply a way to read the Bible, to read it slowly contemplatively, leisurely. We're not seeking information, but approaching the word as the living word that has the ability to divide joint and marrow, soul and spirit, to discern the intentions of the heart, as Hebrews 4.12 says. So the goal is to grow in companionship with God, not necessarily in knowledge of the text. It's a way of reading that abandons the attempt to take control of the scriptures. Instead, we activate activate what many fathers and mothers before us call the ears of the heart for a word, a phrase, an image, a sound received as a word from God, a rhema word for us intended to shape and influence the way we live. You see, just because we read the Bible doesn't mean we've heard the Bible. Oh, prophetic people, that's going to get you good. You can take that and use that in your messages. You're welcome. Just because we read the Bible doesn't mean we have heard the Bible. Eugene Peterson says this in his book, Eat This Book. The book is called, it's awesome. He says, Lectio Divina is a way of reading that becomes a way of living. This is a way of listening more within our hearts than with our heads. And there is a place for study of God's word and I'm all about it and do that for several hours each week. This is a devotional, intimate practice that's different than studying the word of God. 
Now, Lectio Divina has been likened to a person choosing a tasty bite of food from a banquet table and savoring that one bite for all its flavor and nutrition before eating again, rather than just gorging and quickly eating. Now, throughout our day, we might even return to remember that bite, to remember the goodness and meaning found in such a small bite. Don't you just love Psalm 34, 8? that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. This is a sensory experience. And Lectio Divina gives us the opportunity to do just that, to taste and to see that God is good and that his word is medicine for our soul, that it can prophesy to our life today. Psalm 109 verse 103 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey, to my mouth. And you know what's part of the rich heritage we receive from our Jewish brothers and sisters who studied according to Hebrew methods, which saw a person standing up and reading from the scrolls, remembering scripture was read out loud. Obviously, they didn't have hard copy Bibles like we do. And then for deeper analysis, the listener would interact with the reader. In fact, it was most likely used by the Jews as a devotional practice during the earthly life of Christ. Now, it was also used by the desert fathers and mothers, by monks and nuns alike. It has been a rich practice that digs deep wells of maturity and intimacy with Christ, where scripture becomes a conversation with the divine. Now, let me touch on who the desert mothers and fathers were. They were a group of spiritual leaders involved in the formation of the church, talking hundreds of years ago now, who started to see that as the church became more structured and institutionalized, it got away from some of the very important foundations of faith, like slowing down stillness and intimacy with God through prayer and the reading of his word. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Mm-hmm. That's why we're doing this collection. And so what they did was they actually moved to the Egyptian desert where they could spend time encountering God. And what's hilarious about this is they left the institutionalized church to go and become more intimate with the Father. And they became almost like the counselors and spiritual directors of the day as Christians began going out to the desert to visit them for spiritual direction and advice, drawing from their deep wells of intimacy with the Father. Now, I'm not saying that you and I have to move to the desert to be more spiritual, that we have to run away to the desert. What I'm talking about is digging deep wells right where we are. I believe it is completely possible. Now, Lectio Divina was first formally established in the 6th century by Benedict of Nursia, but its origins are much older, in fact, rooted in the Bible itself. And if you want to look for some examples, you can look in Acts 8, 26 to 39, where Philip unpacks scripture with an Ethiopian eunuch. And then in Luke 24, when we read the Emmaus Road account, Jesus actually draws near to a couple and he unpacks scripture with Cleopas and another disciple of Jesus. What he's doing here, what these two accounts are showing us is this interaction to receive deeper understanding with the word of God. Now, it was eventually systemized into a distinct four-step process, often with a fifth step added, and I'm going to teach you with a fifth step, by a Carthusian monk called Guigo II in the 12th century using a Latin word to describe each stage. 
So we're going to go through those Latin word stages before I offer you a few alternative, more modern acronyms that could get you started. And then I'm going to share a recent example of one of my Lectios before we provide you with one to try yourself from our recent Easter Lectio Divina. Now, I am going to explain this in quite a linear way, but I don't want you to be bound by this. You can jump in between steps. You can return to steps. These are only a guide. They're not a set of religious rules. So step one, the Latin word is silencio, which means become silent. This is when I recommend that you sit with your Bible open to your selected scripture in a quiet place where you're not going to be interrupted and intentionally become still and quiet within. You might like to open your hands. I often enter with a breath prayer. A good one is from Psalm 119 verse 97. On your in-breath within your mind, you say, oh, how I love your law. On your out-breath, it is my meditation all the day. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. And we'll talk more about breath prayers in a future episode, but I often use them until I feel my spirit calm and my focus come to me. Another good breath prayer for Lectio Divina is Psalm 119, 105, which is your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And you're staying with these breath prayers for a few minutes. And what you're doing is you're making yourself aware of God's presence, coming into a rhythm of rest, slowing your breath and releasing any tension in your body. That's silencio. Step two is lectio, which means read the text. So what you're doing is you're choosing a portion of scripture that's only you know, one to 20 verses maximum in length. Sometimes mine is one verse. So one to 20 verses maximum in length. And what you're doing here is you're reading the scripture slowly and out loud. Okay. Reading the scripture slowly at least two times, sometimes up to four or five for me until something grabs me and out loud. And what we're looking to do in this Lectio stage is to be alert to any word, phrase or image that offers you an invitation or that simply has life for you. You're looking for the rhema word from the Logos. Listen for the word that addresses you, a word, thought, phrase, or image that jumps off the page towards you as you read out loud. And what you're doing is you're going to savor these words. You're not going to analyze them. You're just going to receive them. And that leads us to step three, which is meditatio which is meditate on the text. Now, I want to pause here before I explain this meditatio a stage, don't freak out about the word meditation. I'm going to use it today. I'm going to use it in the next five weeks. Meditation is completely biblical. It was the Bible's idea, God's idea. And the New Age and Eastern mysticism have stolen it and counterfeited it because it is of high value in producing mature disciples of Jesus. If you're unsure, check out Psalm 1. Check out Joshua, where we're commanded to meditate on this law day and night. Psalm 1 talks about the blessing of a person's life as they meditate on God's word. Now, remember that the object of counterfeit meditation in the New Age and Eastern mysticism is to empty the mind. In Christian meditation, 
we're about filling our minds with what Philippians 4.8 describes as what is true, what is honourable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent and worthy of praise. We're filling our minds with thoughts of Jesus, of God, of the atmosphere of heaven. We're not seeking to empty our minds and give control to any other spiritual power. We're submitting to God and we're focusing our thoughts on things of his kingdom. We're filling our mind with his thoughts. As 1 Corinthians 2 says, we have the mind of Christ. We're aligning our mind with his mind. So meditatio, step three. This is where we move from looking at the words of the text to entering the world of the text. That's a key phrase. You're moving from looking at the words to entering the world of the text. You're listening. You're taking that word, that phrase, that image that had life for you, and you're asking, why did you give me this word today? At this stage, you're engaging your senses and your redeemed imagination. You're thinking things like, what can I hear and smell and taste as I continue to repeat over and over again that one phrase that has life for me? Who are you in the story you've just read? Where is Jesus in the story? And the key here is you're not trying to swallow a big lump of text, but you're just chewing over those few words, that one verse, that one phrase that stood out to you from the passage. You're savoring its flavor and sampling its depths. Step four is oratio. Pray the text. So what you're doing is you're chewing on the word or phrase that God has for you today and you're starting to prayerfully talk to God about how this word connects with your life. You're reflecting and discussing with God how this is addressing you. You're allowing your soul to be deeply in prayer, allowing God to transform you through the word. We're being open and honest with God. Our heart is dialoguing intimately with him. P.T. Forsyth says Bible searching and searching prayer go hand in hand. What we receive from God in the book's message, we return to him with interest in prayer. And then final stage, step five, is contemplatio. So this is contemplate the Lord. This is where you're resting silently in the presence of God. You've enjoyed his nearness. You've finished talking to him, praying the text back to him. You're moving beyond the words, the phrases or the images, and you're just enjoying the freedom that comes with contemplation. You could contemplate how you will act on what you've prayed and received from God today. You will contemplate and you will submit to the biblical revelation, taking it within ourselves, and then living it. We don't waste any of what we've encountered today. We don't hoard it. We live it out. And at this stage, you could write down your prayers or experiences in a journal if you want to, but just linger. Take time in his presence. Don't be that person who gets something from the word and then runs. Spend time. Don't rush, ready to produce some incredible journey entry or turning your intimacy into a profession. Just enjoy, savor, linger, be with your savior. Before I give you some modern reframing or rephrasing of how you could remember how to do this. I just want to pause and talk for a moment about learning styles. Some of you listening today are auditory learners. Some are visual learners, some are kinesthetic. And when it comes to contemplative practices, we need to take this into account. Into account. There actually is such a thing as visio divina, which is hearing God through images that go with scripture. 
There are icons and symbols all throughout the Bible. Jesus painted pictures with his words by speaking in parables. And Visio Divina is a way that you can hear God through images. And there is a collection called the Alabaster Company who have done the Gospels and provided Visio Divina. So they've taken beautiful photography and images that represent the text. And then you are invited and led through practices where you look at the images and then reflect on God. So that might be a way that um, Lectio Divina works for you, Visio Divina. Another is Audio Divina, which is using music and singing to connect with the words of scripture or listening to scripture, which is how it was originally delivered and the practice I'm about to provide to you in a few minutes that you can try it with. And then there's also kinesthetic traditions such as prayer labyrinths and other prayer walks that many of our desert fathers and mothers used. A simple version of this for me, which is like kinesthetic Lectio Divina, is a prayer walk that I do on my Sabbath. So I will have read my 10 or so verses. I will have taken what I believe is addressing my life that day, the couple of words or verse or phrase, and I'm mulling that over and over in my mind as I begin to walk. And I'm saying the phrase out loud to the rhythm of my walking. And I actually allow God to even use the nature around me as I'm walking, as I'm kinesthetically processing the word from God's scriptures that have addressed me. And sometimes, you know, I'll be, uh, I remember doing a, a prayer walk one day around, look at the lilies of the field. And I was walking and started to really look at the flowers and the trees around me. And the passage I had read was, let them teach you how not to worry. And so as I walked and looked at nature around me, as I muttered that little phrase that was addressing me that day over and over again to the rhythm of my walking, God began to highlight areas of my life where I had allowed anxiety and worry to creep in was operating out of fear. And he did that as I walked. So this was Visio Divina kinesthetically. And we will explore some more of these in the future. So now some more modern ways that you can follow this same ancient pattern that might help you to remember it. This first one is actually from the 24-7 Prayer Network and Pete Grieg. He um, calls this pray. So the P is pause, which is the silencio. R is read and reflect, which is lectio. A is ask, which is oratio. And Y is yield, which is contemplatio. So you will hear that he's taken the five steps and made them four, pray, pause, reflect and read, ask and yield. And again, this isn't a linear thing, it's cyclical. So don't get stuck on having to move through P-R-A-Y. The final method I want to give you is the one I use because they start with the same letter and I find that helpful. Five stages. Firstly, reframe, which is silencio. This is where I reframe my rhythm of my breathing. I reframe the intention of my day is to know you and to worship you, not to get through my task list. I reframe by exchanging anxiety for peace. I do this through breath prayers. So this is reframe, silencio. And then I read, which is lectio. So read the scripture. Then I reflect, which is meditatio. I take what was addressing my life, what had life and energy for me from the scriptures. I'm reflecting on it, muttering it. Then I respond, which is a ratio. I pray the scripture back to God. And then I rest, which is contemplatio. So reframe, read, reflect, respond, rest. So now I will give you a real life example from me in the last week in my Lectio practice. I'm Lectioing my way through John. 
because it's one of the most expressive and filled with adjectives because John was the disciple whom Jesus loved. So he was emotional. So his writings are easy to lectio to. So are the Psalms. So I reframed silencio by entering with a breath prayer. I held scripture in my hands up to my heart and I just said, this is your breath on a page, write it on my heart. This is your breath on a page, write it on my heart. And then my verses for that day was just John 1, 1 to 5. So I read it slowly and out loud four times. And I knew there was an invitation for me in verse 1. So then I just began to mutter and chew on and repeat over and over again, John 1, 1 only. So this was reflectional meditatio. So John 1, 1 is in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. So just over and over again, I've abandoned verse two to five. Now I'm just on one because this was the invitation for me that day. And as I quietly repeated this and meditated on this, began to think about how Jesus was the word. The word was both with God and was God, who was present in the perfect relationship of the Trinity at creation. There was Father God, Jesus, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all present in perfect union and community. Jesus was with God and he was also God. And as I began to ask questions like, why does this have life for me? What do you want me to notice? What was it like for Jesus to be with God and to be be God? And as I asked these questions, I was led to remember that Jesus came to earth fully man. In other words, he left the relationship and community of the Trinity, which he had been part of since the beginning of time to come to earth as a man. He stepped outside of that community to serve. Then my thoughts began to think about Jesus being found in the temple as a boy, how Jesus would often retreat to desolate places to pray, how on Jesus' first day of ministry in Mark 1 and 2, Right after 40 days of prayer and fasting, he goes straight back to the desolate place to pray in the dark of the morning. Why? Could it be that he longed for that perfect union and relationship of the Trinity that he was not experiencing in the same way because he came, became fully man to walk this earth? Then I began to think, what would that look like for me? If I am with God, then I am more able to represent who God is just like Jesus did. What would that look like for me today? And as you can see, I've naturally slipped into responding or ratio where I'm praying the scriptures to God and letting the living word address my life. And it was a simple reminder that I become what I behold. And it was a simple reminder that like Jesus, I should be heart sick for that day when I live in the physical presence of my father. I should feel heart sick if I grieve the Holy Spirit. And it was a reminder of the magnitude of Jesus' sacrifice for me. So then filled with love and gratitude and having in mind how I was going to live differently that day, I then just rested, contemplatio, simply enjoyed his presence, telling him how grateful I was. It was as simple as, thank you, Jesus, you left heaven for me. You left the Trinity for me. Thank you, Jesus. And that is how simple it is. One little verse that changes the way I lived that day. So now... We are going to provide for you one of our Easter Lectio Divinas from just this past couple of months with one of our Numa Worship brand new tracks of the EP Resurrection Come Alive, which you can look up and download today. So enjoy, and then I'm going to come back and wrap up this podcast. Intentionally slowing your breath. Become aware of God's presence with you now. Make your body still and simply be.
Listen now to the scriptures. And as you listen, listen for any phrase, word or image that addresses you today. Matthew 26 verses 36 to 46. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Listening to our passage once again, receive the word, phrase or image that God has for you today. Matthew 26 verses 36 to 46 Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, My soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face. He prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So you could not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, 
let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Taking the phrase, the word, or the image that holds an invitation for you today, repeat your word or phrase a few times as you meditate on why God is using this scripture to speak to you today. Who are you in this account? What can you hear? What can you see? Receive what Jesus is trying to show you today. Taking your word, your phrase, or your image, pray the scriptures back to God. Share your heart with him in prayer. What could Jesus be asking you to lay down today in order to see his will be done in your life? Pray. Before we go about the rest of our day, let's just linger here in his nearness. Enjoy his presence and invite him into the rest of your day. Submit your will to his at the dawn of a brand new day. Not my will today, Lord. Not my will. Not my will today, Lord. Not my will. Well, I hope that you enjoyed practicing Lectio Divina today, that you enjoyed having that laid out for you and that from that you have learned how you can practice this yourself in your personal devotional life. As prophetic people, we are always looking to dig our well deep with Jesus so that we are being before we ever, being with Jesus before we ever do for Jesus. We're hearing from Jesus before we ever speak for Jesus. And that's what this collection is all about. And next week, we're going to move on to speaking about another of our spiritual practices, which I know is going to bless your life. I wanted to give you some recommended resources for Lectio Divina before we finish up today. Firstly, Pete Grieg's book, Hearing God's Voice, 
Teresa A. Blythe's book called 50 Ways to Pray. I mentioned in the episode today the Alabaster Co. books, which are a Visio Divina for our visual learners, and then also Seeking God's Face by Philip F. Reinders, which is a version of praying your way through the Bible in a year using the Lectio Divina practice. I've used this for about three or four years now, and it is absolutely brilliant. That's Seeking God's Face by Philip F. Reinders. I'm going to pop some recommendations for those resources on my social media, along with the ad for this podcast episode, so that you, prophetic person, can go and discover this rich well with Jesus called Lectio Divina. Well, once again, thanks again for joining me for this inaugural episode of our brand new collection on spiritual practices. It would mean so much to me if you could rate and review this podcast so that more people can learn more about Jesus and his word and that living the prophetic life is for everyone. So go share this, rate and review and I would greatly appreciate it. I'm gonna see you next week as we discuss another ancient spiritual practice that's gonna deepen your well as a prophetic person. Love ya and bye. Did you know that Stacy also has a guided prayer podcast? Contemplative prayer is a rich, deep, and rewarding way to encounter Jesus and the scriptures. With instrumental scores written to empower your encounters with Jesus, these prayers are a chance to be still and to step out of the hustle of today's fast-paced world. Available wherever you get your podcasts by searching Guided Prayers with Stacy Hillier.